The mission is simple, to help high achievers naturally eliminate emotional and physical obstacles so they can optimize their life for higher achievement. Welcome. You have just entered the Genesis Zone. Good day, good day, and welcome to the Genesis Zone Show. This is Dr. Brian Brown. Thank you for taking time out of your busy Thursday to join us. Uh, Do you want to know how psilocybin works? Maybe the question hasn't even crossed your mind, Um, but the latest research that I'm going to be discussing in today's show offers a lot of insight. It's very interesting information because it's not all the chemical mumbo jumbo that we think it is. Uh, and it's going to be really easy to understand. I'm going to break it down so everybody understands it. And so you un- so you know exactly what psilocybin is doing magically behind the scenes, because we hear so much good about it, yet we don't know uh, much about how it works. And researchers are starting to delve into that and understand it. Now, let's, let's get started. There's a phenomenon in psychology Uh, called experiential avoidance. Don't let that term upset you because some people like, uh, they they block their ears. They don't want to hear terms like that. Uh, But experiential avoidance is simply uh, the tendency to avoid or suppress unpleasant thoughts, feelings, or sensations. And it's mostly an unconscious or subconscious response that many believe come from an overactivated default mode network. Now, if you've never heard the term default mode network, I know I'm throwing a lot of new terms at you here really in a very short period of time, but the default mode network is a group of kind of interconnected brain regions that are active when our mind is at rest and not focused on the outside world. It's kind of like um, the hard drive and the processing core uh, in your computer, uh, except this is for the subconscious brain. In other words, it's it's this process, uh, this programming that's constantly running in the background, constantly assessing for threat, constantly assessing for safety, constantly looking for food, those types of things, those basic functions for survival in life. Uh, And it's running in the background uh, in our brain when we're not doing anything in particular or actively engaging with the environment around us. Now, the default mode network is responsible for a variety of mental functions, such as self-reflection, daydreaming, imagination, Uh, It also plays a role in memory consolidation and social cognition, which is our ability to understand and interact with others, obviously on a social basis. Now, interestingly, the default mode network is also active during certain types of meditation and mindfulness practices. This has been discovered recently, and this suggests that the default mode network may be involved in self-awareness and introspection. Uh, However, too much activation of the default mode network has been linked to certain mental health conditions like depression, anxiety, ADHD, um, substance abuse and use. Um, And these are the very things that psilocybin is emerging and reporting to help resolve. Um, It's important to have a balance between Uh, activity in the default mode network and other brain regions that are involved in more external focused tasks like attention and problem solving. 
So what I'm trying to say is that the experiential um, uh, avoidance that I talked about as we opened the show is a common human response to an uncomfortable set of experiences. And we often engage in it without even realizing it, but especially when our default mode network is overactivated or triggered into action by fight, flight, or freeze response uh, type of type of issue. Now, here's an example. If you have a fear of public speaking, you may avoid situa- situations that could potentially trigger that fear, such as avoiding social events or declining job opportunities that require public speaking, or you might um, you might distract yourselves with other activities or substances or addictions, whatever the case may be. Now, while experiential avoidance may provide temporary temporary relief from unpleasant experiences, it can actually create more problems in the long run. In and of itself, it can lead to a range of issues like anxiety, depression, addiction, as well as hinder personal growth and development. So you see the similarities between this experiential avoidance, which also causes anxiety, depression, um, addiction type issues, ADHD type issues, attention, concentration, focus issues, is very similar to the default mode network, which does the same thing. It's because the two are very related and interrelated. Uh, It's important to recognize that when we're engaging in experiential avoidance and, um, uh, when when we're we're engaging in that experiential avoidance and um, we need to learn healthy coping mechanisms to confront and process these difficult emotions and experiences. So in other words, you may need professional help to kind of process through those things. Now, this can help us lead uh, more fulfilling and meaningful lives without a doubt. However, you must be asking the question by now, what does this have to do with psilocybin? And that's a great question. Through some really cool connections uh, that I've developed through the years, I was able to get my hands on a pre-release research study that will come out later this month. Hasn't even been published yet. It's going to be published in the Journal of Affective Disorders, and uh, you can look for that if you want to uh, later on in the month. But I'll go ahead and tell you what's in the study and what they're releasing. Researchers have found uh, after uh, this study with psilocybin uh, some amazing things. Now, they they blindly randomized people into two groups. Half of the participants received uh, escitalopram, or you may know it as the name brand Lexapro, um, and they received escitalopram 10 to 20 milligrams daily plus one milligram of psilocybin in two separate time intervals over six weeks. Now, the one milligram of psilocybin is pretty well inconsequential, but you're seeing a lot of studies with antidepressants, combining it with a really ultra low dose psilocybin to basically rule out, okay, is it the psilocybin that's causing the benefit or is it the SSRI, the antidepressant? Um, The other half of the group received psilocybin 25 milligrams. Now that's important because when we look at the studies that are out today, 25 to 30 milligrams is that sweet spot when we're talking about treating depression, anxiety, and a host of other mental health issues. 
So this group got 25 milligrams. They were dosed and originally right at the beginning of the study, again, three weeks later. And then again, there was another measurement uh, at the end of the study at six weeks. Now, preliminary analysis revealed that measures of well-being, uh, depression severity, suicidal ideation or thinking about hurting yourself, uh, and anxiety traits were significantly reduced. I mean, it was um, it was it was very st- statistically significant, as they say, uh, reduction compared to the escitalopram psilocybin one milligram group. So the 25 milligram psilocybin proved to be very beneficial for depression, anxiety, reducing suicidal ideation, and the list goes on and on and on. Now, what's even more interesting is that the researchers discovered, and and this is where it all ties in, the researchers discovered that these improvements in depression, anxiety, and suicidal thinking occurred because experiential avoidance was reduced. Now, in plain English, the tendency to avoid or suppress unpleasant thoughts, feelings, and sensations just simply went away with psilocybin use. Now, they didn't go into details, but what I imagine happened, because this was a qualitative study, meaning that they did word analysis and theme analysis on interviewing clients. And they interviewed all of these clients. They tape recorded those sessions. I know this because my master's study, my thesis was a qualitative study. And we interviewed hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. And we had to analyze all that data. And there's a methodological way that you do that. But at the end of the day, when you start looking at this data, you start seeing themes and similarities. And what what they realized was, is that these people no longer had experiential avoidance. Therefore, they were more willing to talk through and process through the things that were bothering them most when people can be in therapy for decades and still be holding back for fear that they they really don't want to express these things because it would hurt too much. So they avoid it. That's experiential avoidance. But with psilocybin use, they were better able to uh, express themselves and voice what was going on within them and work through their problems. And if you recall, when experiential avoidance is turned on by the subconscious brain, it can lead to depression, anxiety, ADHD, substance abuse, among a host of other things. And the researchers specifically did not mention the default mode network in their study. But we know through our prior knowledge of psilocybin research showing that Uh, Because neuroplasticity is drastically improved with therapeutic psilocybin use, the brain develops an enhanced ability to form new neural connections, healthier neural connections by strengthening the good connections, by weakening the poor connections and laying down new connections that didn't even exist previously. And we know that a lot of that activity occurs in the default mode network. So with that prior uh, research knowledge that neuroplastic changes are occurring within the default mode network, we now know that the end result of this, and yes, it's an extrapolation because the study didn't say it, the study really wasn't designed to make this conclusion, but it opens up the door for more research to be done so that we can start looking at 
did the reason that experiential avoidance was decreased and these people got better by using psilocybin, was it because of the neuroplastic changes that occur in the brain because of psilocybin's um, effect in the default mode network? I think it is. Time will tell, but I'm going on record right now in, in May of 2023 and saying we are going to discover in the near future that the neuroplastic changes in the default mode network is what leads to the reduction in experiential avoidance and thus the decrease in depression, anxiety. I think we're going to find a reduction in ADHD. We're going to, we already know that it's an improvement in um, substance abuse and addiction in general. It doesn't even have to be substances. It can be addiction to work. It can be addiction to sex. It can be addiction to pornography, whatever. Um, all of these addictions can be treated because of these positive changes in the in neuroplastic changes in the default mode network. That's all I've got for today. This was some big information. We're starting to understand exactly how psilocybin works, and it's a super exciting time to be living. It's a super exciting time to be practicing. You know, in most states, psilocybin is still not legalized. Uh, in fact, there's only one state where it's been decriminalized, and that's the state of Oregon. They're working through the legislative stuff and the legalities of how to roll this out. 2023 is the year, so they're doing that this year, and they've already started, and they're having some good success with that. Um, all that being said, there are only sanctuary cities around the United States, and no other state has followed suit with Oregon. I think they will. Uh, over the over the long haul, I think you're going to see more and more states do that. But until that time, um, you don't have to be stuck with what Western medicine offers you. You really don't. Uh, just because Western medicine said, here, these are the prescription medications that we have in our armament to use. It doesn't mean you're stuck using those. OK, there are natural ways to take care of your depression and anxiety issues. I've discovered personally with my own journey, 16 years, non-different antidepressants, that genetics and epigenetics literally turned me around and got me to the place where I needed to be by nutritionally supporting my genes so that they function at a healthier level. If you want to know more about how to make that happen, what that looks like, any questions that you have about genetics and depression, anxiety, wellness in general, um, you can message me at Dr. Brian G. Brown on face, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Uh, I'll be glad to answer any questions that you have. Um, if you just want some basic information about genetics and your personal wellness journey, you can check out my Gene Hack Bootcamp. Go to drbriangbrown.com forward slash Gene Hack forward slash Bootcamp. And you'll be able to kind of work through that process at your own pace. Uh, it's not a lot of hands-on, deep, deep work, but there is some things for you to do so you can figure out exactly where your imbalances potentially lie before you even look at your genetics. It's very informational boot camp. Um, kind of partial to it, but it's a very informational boot camp and it's free. Uh, so go to drbriangbrown.com forward slash gene hack forward slash boot camp and register. Um, most informed, most trusted, and most grateful you spent this time with us today. Until next time, stay in the zone. I'm Dr. Brian Brown. Wow.